Hello, I'm Oliver Colling, and this is my 70s TV childhood. Hello again, and welcome back to My 70s TV Childhood, the podcast which celebrates growing up in Britain during the 1970s, and the central part that television played in our nation's life then. As always, thank you for your comments and feedback. I'm really moved by the fact we're helping so many of you to remember your innocent childhood days, and bringing back memories of what it was like to watch television in those simpler times. Don't forget, you can join in the conversation at www.my70stvchildhood.com, tweet at 70stvchildhood, or email me, oliver at my70stvchildhood.com. Today we're going to do something a bit different, as I'm going to be handing the reins of the show to a listener, Mark, who also happens to be a big noise in the music industry. Mark contacted me to say how much he was enjoying listening to the show, and asked whether he might come and share his memories of how music helped shape his 70s TV childhood. Well, I simply couldn't refuse an offer like that, so I'm delighted to hand you over to Mark without further ado, who's going to tell us about his 70s TV childhood. Over to you, Maestro. Well, thanks so much for the invitation, Oliver. It's a pleasure to talk to you. In the 1970s, very much as today... Television was a powerful and potent force for introducing music, new and not so new, to large stay-at-home audiences. The small screen offered a window on the world of your current or soon-to-be musical heroes and heroines, whatever your taste. Burnt in my memory from an early age is a happy-go-lucky musician from Belfast, one who would go on to become the world's very first flute superstar the inimitable James Galway. His playing, his character, and his story made a deep and lasting impression on this particular wannabe young classical musician. From that point on, there was only one instrument that this 10-year-old wanted to play, and it had to be gold, but sadly wasn't. Jimmy Galway was everywhere on British TV in my childhood. A true character of music, he was the very best there was. His easygoing, friendly, often comic attitude masked true world-class musicianship. His eyes darting from left to right, his total command of the instrument. He brought it alive for me and millions of others. Classical music was exciting, fun, and for everyone in his safe Irish hands. We saw him on Parkinson and on Pebble Mill, on kids' shows, and even on top of the pops, performing all sorts of classical and light music, and with a huge variety of guests, including the Chieftains, of course, and the legendary John Denver for the top three hit, Annie's Song. This was 1978, and classical music had truly crossed over. In later life, I was lucky enough to meet him and interview him, and finally play my own part in his recording career. 
And it all started through the magic of music on TV. No talk of classical music on TV in the 70s would be complete without reference to one of the great TV comedy sketches of all time. It's Christmas Day 1971, and Morecambe and Wise are at the top of their game. Shirley Bassey and Glenda Jackson had already appeared, and here, to help close the show, is the enigmatic and acclaimed composer and chief conductor of the London Symphony Orchestra, André Previn, or André Preview, as he would also become known. The premise, a performance of 19th century Norwegian composer Edvard Grieg's glorious piano concerto, conducted by the maestro, and now with stand-in soloist Eric Morcom. I'll go and get my bat on. It's in Chicago, quips Previn. I've seen better bands on a cigar, said Eric, of the distinguished and mightily famous LSO. Grieg, by, with him and him says Ern. The stage is set. There's dialogue, more banter, some comic podium dancing from Eric, and a perfect 20-second musical parody on Grieg, followed by conductor and his orchestra's utter dismay and disbelief. And then, the immortal punchline. I'm playing all the right notes, but not necessarily in the right order. But we're not quite there yet, as Mr Preview himself takes to the keyboard and delivers the dramatic and arresting opening, totally note perfect. Rubbish, says Eric. In excess of 20 million of us watched that show and delighted in one of the most inventive and entertaining TV moments of the decade. In the hands of comic genius, music can clearly make us laugh. It also has the power to transport us and take us away from ourselves. It can alter our mood call us to action, stop us in our tracks. It helps us recall moments and recount memories. It's an aid to relaxation and escape, an agent of happiness as well as sadness, as it can demand our attention as well as bring us to tears. And it's these qualities and characteristics that are present in some of the most memorable and powerful TV theme tunes of the decade. It's little wonder that this power emotion, and the sheer variety of classical music from across the centuries proved a highly effective resource for TV producers as they sought to prepare the nation's living room audiences for some of the best-loved and most-watched programmes of the decade. With no fast-forward buttons and no skip-intro facilities deployed by today's TV viewers, the theme tunes and melodies of yesterday became as integral a part of the programming as the actors, the presenters, the sets, and the ensuing dramas themselves. Remember, for example, the Anedian line. It's BBC One. It's Sunday night. It's the 70s. We're in Liverpool in the mid-19th century and witnessed the rise of the shipping company, the Anedian Line, named after its owner, James Anedian. The drama centres on the highs and lows of life and business, on land and on the open seas, and tales of the upper middle classes of the time. Week after week, the nation is enthralled by the romance and majesty of ships on the open sea. And it's the unforgettable music, that glorious theme tune, that helps transport us there. 
The sweeping majestic melody that called the nation to order for a decade is an excerpt from the Adagio of Spartacus and Phrygia, taken from the ballet Spartacus by the 20th century Armenian composer Kachachiria. For those who remember, the series was packed with more classical music from Vaughan Williams, from Mahler, Shostakovich and Sibelius, as well as traditional and much-loved folk music and lashings of sea shanties. But it's the beauty and optimism of that epic adagio that we'll forever associate with this television maritime classic. Switching channels, days and topic, around about lunchtime and a Granada TV colour production that may very well have been on in the background during the holidays, or even days off sick from school, parked with a blanket over you in front of the living room box. Crown Court was for adults, though wouldn't they be mostly at work at this time? And its serious subject matter was trumpeted for 11 years in a remarkable 879 episodes by another classic, this time an excerpt from the Sinfonietta by the less than familiar 19th century Czech composer Janáček. As the court reporter Peter Wheeler would set the scene via voiceover for the day's episode or describe the plot and events so far. Other memorable employment of the classics for TV of the time include the Finnish composer Sibelius and his regal and rousing Karelia suite for Thames Television's This Week, a stirring, life-affirming melody if ever there was one. Mozart's quirky A Musical Joke, forever associated with the thrills and spills of 70s show jumping on The Horse of the Year show and the still-going-strong Antiques Roadshow, which in the 70s used a stately, elegant excerpt from one of Bach's glorious Brandenburg concertos. To round us up on a Sunday once again for the favourite family game of Who Can Guess the Best? And now for something completely different, as they used to say, and a classic US military march, The Liberty Bell, by American composer John Philip Sousa, dating from 1893, and used to introduce the 45 episodes of Monty Python's Flying Circus. Perhaps ironic, then, that the United States Marine Band has played this very same march at five of the last seven presidential inaugurations, including the 2017 occasion for soon-to-be-former U.S. President Donald Trump. If history's greatest classical composers have what it takes to grab our attention, the art of writing originals in this space, or choosing contemporary tunes to match the mood, is exactly that, a real art. Think about the audience. Think about what you want to communicate. Make it memorable. Capture the spirit of the programme and score it for no more than a minute or less. This is a specialist job and it's testament to the talent and genius of the army of 70s composers that now, perhaps 50 years on, a tune can pop into our head and we can so often match it with the picture and the sentiment and let the nostalgia flow. For some of us, the 70s represent a golden age of kids' programmes. Comforting, familiar and frequent, these shows were our friends and the signature tunes are chart hits. Long before we were old enough for Sunday evening's Radio 1 Top 40 Countdown 
Our rock and pop hits were heard just before Mr. Ben, The Wombles, and Rhubarb and Custard. Mr. Ben himself was announced to us by Scottish saxophonist and composer Duncan Lamont, under his pseudonym Don Warren, who'd performed with Henry Mancini, Frank Sinatra, Bing Crosby, and Count Basie. But to us kids, he was the unknown name behind the tune that signalled an unrivaled world of adventure. 52 Festive Road, Magic Doors, A Shopkeeper and a Fez. The rich, low bass clarinet and the xylophone calling us to settle down. If your parents allowed you to listen to the Top 40 Countdown in the 70s, you might well have heard the music of The Wombles. With the original theme tune written by Mike Batt, arguably the UK's first environmentally friendly pop band, The Wombles' motto was make good use of bad rubbish. This unusual act went on to enjoy eight UK hit singles and four gold albums, becoming the biggest selling group of 1974 along the way. Musical entrepreneur and chief Womble band member Mike Batt would go on to discover and launch platinum-selling songstress Katie Mellua years later. But his hit-making days began with Tobamori, Great Uncle Bulgaria, Orinoco, and the furry gang of the mid-70s. Television history of a type was made in February 1978 with the launch of a unique children's soap opera based in a secondary school just like ours, Grange Hill. Alan Hawkshaw wrote the theme, an original song called Chicken Man, apparently composed just an hour before it was recorded in a studio in Munich in 1975. Quirky and cheeky, Its choice three years later for Grange Hill heralded a generation of actors and characters who, week by week, became the boys and girls you'd love to hate and some you'd love to love. This two-minute soundtrack of our early teens has since gone on to star in a commercial for a famous Spanish supermarket, been heard in adverts for Paddy Power the Bookmaker, and even sampled by the Welsh hip-hop group Goldie Looking Chain for a track on their 2005 album, Safer's. Personal favourites from the kids' programme arena are endless. Blue Peter, of course, and the jollity of Barnacle Bill, a popular sailor's song by Ashworth Hope. Unchanged on air between 1958 and 1979, when Mike Oldfield stepped up, re-recorded it and delivered a hit single to raise money for Cambodia. Then there was our weekly invitation to join the gang everyone wanted to be in, the Double Deckers. Get on board, get on board, come and join the Double Deckers. Take a ticket for a journey on our Double Decker London bus. It was irresistible. In cartoons, who can deny the magic of Henry Mancini's awesome theme tune to the Pink Panther, featured in 124 animations from the 60s and 70s? as well, of course, as in the award-winning Peter Sellers live-action classics. Never has a saxophone sounded sexier or more sultry. And this Grammy award-winning tune probably helped introduce a generation of us to the marvels and exoticism of jazz. Treat yourselves and check your memory for Daktari, Robinson Crusoe, Rupert the Bear, Belle and Sebastian, and The Flashing Blade. And don't forget, probably the ultimate timeless toddler trilogy. It's Trumpton, Camberwick Green 
and Chigley. There's magic in the characters, magic in Brian Kant's familiar voice, and magic in the tunes. Whether pure instrumentals designed to enchant, or songs to tell stories in one or two minutes tops, our journey from toddler to early childhood and finally to adolescence was always accompanied by music. If innocence and youth characterise the TV of our daytimes, then parental permission allowing, it was the glitzy, exotic and alluring adult shows that ushered in our evenings. Colour television had come of age, and what better way to light up the box than with a glamorous or gritty US import? Cop shows dominated, each episode telling a complete story, and each opening with that special signature tune. Take Detective Lieutenant Theo Kojak, on screen from 73 to 78, and with not one, but two theme tunes across the four series. The first remains the favourite, scored by American composer Billy Goldenberg, transporting us immediately and without question to the streets of New York. Who loves you, baby? And Coochie Coo were the catchphrases of the day. Lollipops were the suite of choice, and the strident, big band, almost Bond-esque Muzak at the front end put us and our parents in the mood. Probably the best cop car ever sped around multiple corners at breakneck speeds in the opening credits of Starsky and Hutch, set to the throbbing instrumental Gotcha, originally by Tom Scott and memorably covered by the James Taylor Quartet. Recognised the names Kate Jackson, Farrah Fawcett and Jacqueline Smith, and then Cheryl Ladd. The original actors, of course, in the groundbreaking Charlie's Angels. A different breed of cop and crime fighter, bursting onto screens in the late 70s. Once upon a time, there were three little girls who went to the police academy. Cue the transformative quasi-jazz theme from Ferguson and Elliot one of the great cop tunes of the era, and Charlie, who, of course, took them away from all that and straight into our lives and our imaginations. Switching states and status and the trials and tribulations of the affluent Ewing family called for something a little bit different. The bounty of Texan characters, good and bad, burst onto the scene in the late 70s. John Parker's strident, almost Western-like fanfare coming to represent the sound of a state for a generation. Happy Days, The Bionic Woman, The Rockford Files, The Six Million Dollar Man, Love Boat, The Incredible Hulk, and of course, The Waltons. Television for escape, sometimes for fun, for dreaming and imagining, and often with a message. So many of these Made in America shows were destined to bring new sights and sounds to our screen fueling our ever-developing imaginations along the way, and all with a great variety of brilliant theme tunes. A final word on detective shows, and for me, the very first 45-inch single I think I ever remember, if not ever remember, buying. No trip to Amsterdam is now ever complete without a quick blast of eye level to get us right in the mood.
for me, this timeless classic of a television theme to top cop show Van der Vogue has continuing power to draw pictures and set a mood. Selected by Thames TV and written by Jan Stuckart under the name Jack Tromby, it is partly based on an 18th century German Dutch nursery rhyme, now combining with the opening few bars of a famous Mozart aria from the Marriage of Figaro, as well as a newly composed top line, giving us the very best of not two, but three worlds. Oxford-educated Simon Park arranged and conducted it for orchestra. The theme became an instant hit and immediately shot to number one in the singles chart in 1973, eventually selling over a million copies. Incidentally, the B-side of this single featured another Simon Park classic, Distant Land, the closing theme tune to Granada's Crown Court. Matt Monroe, the great British bus conductor turned crooner, went on to have a hit with a lyric version of Eye Level, a really great joyous love song. But it's the original that's simply the best. In contrast to the gritty themes of tragedy, murder and sex, occupying Commissaris van der Vogt's often seedy Amsterdam, this remains one of the most strident and triumphant sounds of our television 70s. One of the things that makes a great theme a great theme tune is that we can remember it. It entertained us then, and it can entertain and delight us now, note for note. And if you've enjoyed this particular Ulster's early TV memories, but perhaps not the Tin Whistle performances, then do visit Spotify. Search for My 70s TV Childhood Soundtrack and enjoy a specially selected classic TV themes playlist. Thank you, Mark. What a wonderful selection of theme tunes, particularly those played on your tin whistle. You've brought back a lot of memories for me, from the stirring theme from the Aeneidan line through to the perfection of eye level used by van der Volk, and then subsequently added to the programme of every school orchestra in the country, probably for the next 10 or 15 years. Let me know what your favourite 70s TV theme tunes were at www my 70s tv childhood.com or tweet at 70s tv childhood or just drop me an email oliver at my 70s tv childhood.com and make sure to check out mark's specially curated list on spotify that's it for now i'm going to have the van der Valk theme playing in my head for the next few days i think thanks for listening and join us again soon on My 70s TV Childhood. If you've enjoyed listening and would like to support the show, you can do so by visiting my Patreon site, www.patreon.com forward slash Oliver Colling and joining one of our two membership tiers. For £2 a month, you can be a Tufty Club member, get a shout-out on the show, and learn how to cross the road safely, unlike Willie Weasel. For £5 a month, you can be a Blue Peter Badge member, and get all of those benefits, plus a guest slot on a future episode. You can also join John in a bobsleigh to go down the Cresta Run, 
what could go wrong? All memberships are totally flexible and can be cancelled at any time. Your support is much appreciated. <laughs>